Come on in and grab a seat, and we'll get uh, we'll get going. If everybody could turn to uh, Genesis twenty-five. Genesis 25, and we'll start in verse 20. And Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padam Aram, the sister to Laban, the Syrian. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord was entreated of him. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in her womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red all over like a hairy garment, and they called him his name Esau. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was threescore years old when she bare them. And the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field, and Jacob was a plain man, dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau, because he did eat of his venison, but Rebekah loved Jacob. And Jacob said pottage, and Jacob sawed pottage, and Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I, feed me, I pray thee, with the same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die, and what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he swore unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. All right, let's go to uh, Lord in prayer, and then we'll get, uh, get right into it. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for this day. We thank you for another, just another opportunity, Lord, to come and worship you together, Lord, to serve you. We're so thankful, Lord, and you just uh, you show us so much mercy and kindness, Lord, and we are we we truly are thankful for that, Lord, and we just pray that uh, you could be with me, Lord, and just uh, take control of my thoughts, my mind, Lord. Help me to say what you would want me to say, Lord, and we just uh, we all thank you, Lord, and we pray that you just uh, you come back soon, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray, Amen. Okay, today we're going to uh, go into Esau and, uh, and Jacob. And as we read, we just read through that and got a little backstory and uh, of of how they were born and and what. And it's when you look at them, they're two different, totally people. Um, you know they. They contrasted like like anybody. I mean, usually that's how it happens in families, and uh, you know, brothers fight with brothers and sisters with sisters, and things get off a little hand. And 
Uh, but the important thing what we're going to look at is is how and why these two are so different, and how it's uh, really it almost pictures Christianity and how how we are. Uh, but just to go back through a little bit, um, uh, Rebecca, uh, Isaac and Rebecca. I mean, there's a lot of similarities between them that you can see with Abraham and Sarah. You can. And uh, what happened here is you got them. Abraham wanted a, a wife for his son and not of the people that they were near. So he wanted them to find somebody. And what they did was he sent, he sent his service, servant, Eleazar, to find him a bride. And during all that, we could see lots of different things. There's, there's a few different types we could see here. Um, I won't spend too much time on it because then I'll get carried away. But one main thing we can see here is about marriage and how sacred it is to God. You go back, and like I said, he didn't want he didn't want his son to marry the people there. He wanted them to be different. He wanted his wife to be someone from there, somebody that knew who God was, somebody who worshipped God. And that's what it comes down to. I mean, we we need to know who God is. We need to worship Him in the way we should worship Him. The Canaanites where they were there. But I mean, they were sacrificing children, they were doing, you, you name it, idol worship, everything. And that's not what God had intended for them. Not how he wanted everything to go. But the marriage, it really is. And we get this in the New Testament, right? A Christian should never marry somebody that's not a Christian. Somebody that's not saved. It just, it's, it's not going to, it's, it's not the way to do it. Uh, if you could turn to 1 Corinthians. First Corinthians 7. And verse... 39. And it says, The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband be dead, she's at liberty to be married to whom she will. But here's the part. Only in the Lord. Uh, that's, that's not talking about whether she's, you know, living right in the Lord. No, that's talking about she can marry in the Lord. Uh, if you go over to 2 Corinthians... 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14, it says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ, uh, Christ with Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And again, this is this is what Abraham was trying to do, and this is the son, you know, the, the son with the wife and their family and how their family would be set up to go about where we get Esau and, and Jacob. 
But that's the thing. I mean, so many, you see it so much uh, in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. God's mercy is never ending. And in the Old Testament, you see it really well. Uh, really well. I mean, people see things differently. And there's a lot of people out there that want to talk about the Old Testament, how God was just all fire, wrath, and, you know, beat down. But how many times did people mess up before he took judgment? A lot. You know, and Abraham knew that God was the one like that, which is why he wanted to find Isaac a wife that wasn't from around there. But that's the problem nowadays. Marriage is not taken seriously. Uh, I know when I was, I mean, yeah, I got married. I loved my wife, but I didn't take it seriously. I mean, I mean, I did to an point, but not, you know, it's, I'm still going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do, you know, and as we look, that's, that's kind of Esau's attitude. I'm going to do what I want to do. It doesn't matter if I'm married or if I'm here or if I'm there or not. You know, I'll sell my birthright. I'll do what I have to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. But we don't, you know, we don't take it seriously. And we don't, and we need to teach. We need to teach our youth about that. That it's not something to play. It's not something to play with. You need to find somebody. You know, we have children that are saved. We hope that they marry somebody that's saved. Because how can you? How can you, how can you walk together? How can you do these things? <clears throat> In Ephesians, um, Ephesians 5, it says, Wife, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. If you marry a woman that's not saved, how is she supposed to do that? Doesn't know. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. How is a man supposed to do that? If we're marrying everybody from the world, how, how are we supposed to have the marriage the way God wants it and submit the way we're supposed to, lead the way we're supposed to? It's impossible. And that's, that's the important part. And as we, as we start to go see with Esau and Jacob, their marriage is totally different too. <clears throat> but that's the thing. So Abraham sends Eleazar to find, and <clears throat> what he finds is a wife, right? He, he prays. He prays to find the right one, comes, everything goes. And there's the difference when you see Rebecca, you see the difference between a woman from there and from a woman, right? Because she, they're sitting there with the family, and it's, you know, this is what my master told me. I told him to come. Uh, you know, I prayed to God, come to the well, you know, send somebody to the well. So they'll give me drink, they'll give camels drink, and everything went as planned. And Rebecca, being the one she, who she is and knows who God is, her response was, I will go. It wasn't a discussion or anything. It was, I'll go. And we can't do that if we don't take this, if we don't take marriage seriously. Um, it really, this whole world is, man, it's, it's going nuts with, with, with marriage and 
what you can and what you can't. Uh, you know, people marrying trees and, and, and I mean, look it up. You can really, you can, you can find it. People are doing these things. And uh, I, I don't know if my wife noticed, and I don't know, or whatever, but uh, uh, when we were up in uh, Rhode Island and we went up to Connecticut a little bit, and there's one thing I noticed, and it's getting crazy. You see, it's a lot worse there than New York. You see people with name tags, and my pronoun is. I'm serious. That's, you know, that's a worldly thing. That's, you know, uh, I watched one guy, you know, his, his thing said his pronouns were, and I'm not kidding, they and them. How come one person be a they and them? That's plural. You know who else was plural? Legion. Just something to think about when you think of these things and you look at it and uh, they need help. They need the gospel and they need it bad. But that's the thing. Marriage, marriage is, is directed by God. It's from God. He sets the parameters and we need to follow those parameters. <clears throat> and we saw that. We saw that with Abraham, when he sent his when he sent Eliezer to find Rebecca, there, there's parameters, and they went by God's what God wanted and how He wanted it. Now, just a little brief oversight. I don't because I will I will go forever on this. But if you look in uh, Genesis 24, uh, before with all these things, you could see. Uh, a very clear type of stuff. And like everything, all types break down. But as you see it, Abraham would typify God the Father. Then you would have Isaac, who's the son, right? And then you have Eleazar, which is really neat, because if you think about it, he represents the Holy Spirit. He's just going. He's going, he's listening, he's doing, he's, you know. And then you have Rebecca, who, who's a type of the church. And what happens is, is with the church and everything, right, we're, we're Christ's bride, right? That's marriage. Right? He's coming back for us, you know. Whole thing, it, it's, a, a, it's a wonderful thing, you know. Be right there at the... Supper of the marriage of the Lamb and all that. and But that's what it is. And right now, Christ, what does Christ want? If you go into the New Testament, you can see um, where they have the wedding. And he sends people out. Nobody wants to come, so he sends his servants out to compel people, right, from the highways and everything. Come on in, come on in. Right? And that's what the Holy Spirit lives in us, and that's what the Holy Spirit wants us to submit to, to get to. He wants us to go out, get Christ some more brides, get people in. That's what he wants. That's, that's our job. And that's why he placed that Holy Spirit in us, you know, so we know we have insurance. 
He teaches us. He corrects us. We have to follow his leading. So after all this, you know, Isaac and Rebecca get married, and then what happens? Like I said, very, a lot of similarities. Rebecca is barren. And like everything, what are we supposed to do? We take it to God. We're supposed to take it to God. <clears throat> and that's what Isaac does. He prays and he prays and he prays. Uh, it's a span of about 20 years before they have a child. And if you look back in uh, at Genesis 25, uh, let's see. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived. Right? Because he was 40 when, it was, when he married Rebekah. And then it says, uh, well, like three score. I don't know. Let me see. Yeah, and Isaac was three score years old when she bare them. <clears throat> so he's a little older now. And uh, they have it. And right here, because they prayed... You know, God gives them, you know, it's another extra blessing. He, he tells them, hey, look, this is, he gives them twins. Uh, Rebecca knew at the time that something was a little, you know, I guess, you know, women can know that. I don't know. I, my pronouns are he, so I guess. Uh, but, but you know, she knew, she knew that, you know, it's like, wow, you know, I'm pregnant. Something's going on, man, all this stuff and, you know, kicking and all that and, and struggling, the Bible uses uh, struggle, yep, and the children struggled together within her. Um, and what she do? She went to the Lord. You know, and this is what we should be doing with marriage, with every decision we make. Uh, there's no decision too small. And we take it lightly, and we do. We take it lightly at times. You know, we should, we should, we should. It's something simple as, you know, okay, well, I don't feel like cooking. Maybe maybe we'll go out to eat tonight. I mean, you should, I mean, honestly, really, pray. Lord, is that what you want me to do? Maybe he does. Maybe he wants you to go somewhere specific, though, because somebody's going to be there. <clears throat> um, and that's, you know, and... Uh, it's always fun going out of town with Don, by the way. He's not here. But Don, I learned a neat trick from from Don. He sits there and he goes in there and, and the waitress will come up and he'll go, is there anything I could pray for you today for? He'll just ask. I'll write it down. And you'll be surprised how many people will say, oh, yeah. Yeah. And they're struggling or going through things. And, uh, and that's what, but we take it for lately. You know? Pray about where you're going. Maybe that person needs to hear something. Maybe it's just, you know, maybe somebody needs encouragement around you. Maybe you're not going to run into anybody. They just want to hear you pray. Somebody need, so you're out there and somebody needs to hear you pray. Because we do. We forget that our God 
you can do anything. Nothing is impossible. Not the smallest thing. And he takes interest in our lives. He wants us. He wants to hear from us. He wants to do these things. And that's where we have Isaac and Rebecca. They're going to the Lord. You know, hey, what's going on? And then the Lord throws in the biggest one and says, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. He's telling her there's, there's two nations coming on, you know. And uh, that's got to be a shock for Isaac, honestly. Right? Because, I mean, his father raised him. He knows. He, he went up to the mountain to be sacrificed. He's, you know, Abraham didn't hide nothing from him. God didn't hide nothing from him. He knows that Abraham's going to have, right, as the sand, you know, as a star. He's going to have all these, all these children. And it's got to be like, well, you know what? Now we got two nations. How, what's, how's this going to work? But it shows you how differently the two are because they shall be separated. And that's where we get into, uh, you know, that's where we get to the memory verse, right? As it is written, Jacob, I have loved, Esau, I have hated. And uh, here's a tough thing to, to, to understand and to get, but, and some people may not like it. It's not wrong. To love somebody more, to have a favorite. It's not. God has them. But it's not. But it doesn't mean you can treat people differently. It doesn't mean you can treat someone differently. It's just human nature. It's the way we're made. We have, we have certain characteristics that we find in one person or another just how it is so it's with kids too and it doesn't mean you don't love them it doesn't just means you're closer than one or the other um i mean that was uh and who knows what it's from we, we don't know it's just you have the characteristics and some people go to the other you know my my brother and sisters, I mean, you talk to them, they'll have no problem. They'll tell you that uh, I was. They're just like, you were mom's favorite. I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, you have these traits, you have these characteristics, and that's, that's how it is. But the good thing is, that no matter what they are or how they are or where they drive you or what they drive you to be or what you think you may be, the Bible says you must be born again. So it's not going to affect your new creature. So even if you have bad characteristics that you don't like, there's a cure for that. There's a way out. But as we go in here and they're born, uh, 
we see this all through the Old Testament. Uh, the names of people were usually names of characteristics of uh, yeah, characteristics of themselves, of who they are. So when Esau comes out, they name him Esau because it meant hairy. And that's what he was, that full hair. And when Jacob came out, he grabbed his heel. So Jacob meant supplanter. And that's, you know, they kind of got the names like that and they went through. <clears throat> now, it's, it's just, um, it's just, like I said, some things you just don't understand how God works. But, I mean, you know, he's basically using Jacob as the younger who he's going to use. His name basically means supplanter. And he kind of proves that right later on, right? When his mother says, hey, get, you know, we'll, we'll put hair on you, do all this, take your, you know, take your brother's blessing. You know, and he kind of proves that right, but God still uses him. And just like you must be born again, what, the, what happens to Jacob? Jacob's born again. You know, I mean, I love, I love that. You know, you see references like that and you see the types like that where you go because, I mean, we don't, we don't really understand it. We're born again. We haven't gotten our new names. We get them when we're up in heaven. But we have new names. It's gone, and Jacob gets his new one, you know, when he goes. But as Esau comes out, he's hairy, rough, um, And he grew up to be a hunter. He grew up, he did it, he had the skills, and maybe that's uh maybe that's a little bit where Esau started going uh wrong. I mean if anybody's been hunting, you know it's 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 great. You know, hey, I just I just got this, I got some meat, I got this, I got that. You know, I provided, I. You know, and that might be where he went off a little bit. You know, he's out there hunting and he's taking things for granted because God's still the one that has to bring it by you. God's got to calm you, study you, do it. He's the one that gives you the talents. But I mean, honestly, I mean, because you think of another great hunter who was in the Bible, what was that? Nimrod. I mean, whether they're comparisons or not, but, you know, maybe sometimes you do stuff like that and you, you just get a little too prideful. You put it on you instead of God the way it should be. But he knew. He knew. He could track the animals. He could do it. I mean, obviously he was really good and he could do it fast. Because when we when we go over and... Isaac tells him to, you know, hey, I want to eat your venison again. He goes out, and he's not out for a couple days. You know, he's out for a few hours and comes back, but Jacob had already been there. Uh, another thing about Esau, which uh, I kind of find uh, interesting, is the fact that he... Right, he had red hair. And uh, <clears throat> what do we say about people with red hair? Have bad temper, right? 
I mean, that's just that's just like I find that interesting. Like, there's you know nothing new under the sun. There's there's things why there things come out of it, and he he had a bad temper, and he got it. And he had a bad temper for something he did himself. He sold his birthright. He did it. And when you when you go into here and you think about this, he had a right to. Uh, in those times, even uh, even up, I don't know how far, but probably even up to probably the eighteen hundreds. Uh, your birthright was your birthright. You had the right to sell it, to leave it, to do what you wanted with it, <clears throat> and it always went to the older. It always went to the older son, um, and the older son got the he got the double portion, the double inheritance, and and all that. That's that's how it worked. So Esau, by right, could it could sell it, but then again, that's worldly thinking. It's not like nothing was hid from these children as they grew up. They knew who their grandfather was. They knew who their father was. They had that right there where their father would tell, I'm assuming he would tell them stories about how he was on the altar. You know, probably like, uh, you know, scared going, I don't know what's going to happen. You know? I asked, I, you know, I asked your grandfather, you know, what was going to happen. And he says, oh, don't worry, God will provide himself a lamb. But yet there I was. So these guys knew God and who he was. And yet, they still did. You know, Esau went the world way. And Jacob was, Jacob was that carnal Christian. You know, he didn't want to walk by faith. He wanted to walk by sight. It was, oh, I see this, I see this, I see this. You know, and you get into it, and maybe, and maybe in the end, that's why Rebecca loved Jacob so much. Maybe that's why, because she couldn't wait on the Lord. You know, she got too anxious and all that. But she knew, God told her specifically, that Jacob, the younger, would be over the elder. But yet she goes and plans this whole thing. You know, Jacob, at that time, already had the birthright. He goes in there. He says, sell me your birthright, because Jacob goes in there, um, uh, verse 32 of uh, the text, Genesis 25. And Esau said, Behold, I'm at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he swore unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. And Esau despised his birthright. And that's the thing. It seems to me, it seems that we run into that a lot in Old Testament 
and we can see it in our own lives in the New Testament, we have a problem with waiting. We have a problem with God said he's going to do it, so, well, well, I better, I better take things in my own hands. Uh, Psalm 25.3 says, Yea, let, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without a cause. And there we go, and there we see God's mercy. Because what did Jacob do? When Jacob listened to his mother and then stole, well, he already had the birthright and steals the blessing, he transgressed without a cause. There was no cause for him to do that. God had already said. God had already spoken. This is how it's going to be. What are you going to do? I, I'm one of them. I have a hard time waiting. I have... You can ask my wife. I have very, she's shaking her head yes over there. I have very little patience when it comes to certain things. I, I need to have it a certain way. I need it to happen. Happen, happen, happen. And that's, that's not God's way. God wants us to wait on him. And uh, I'm learning that the hard way. And I'm still, you know, still bullheaded about it. And I'm thankful that God's merciful with me. Because I, I want it. You know, it's just, come on. Let's go already. But how many, being impatient and all that, how many blessings have we cost ourselves? Or have we cost others? And that's the hardest part that we really need to get down. It's not about it's not about you. It's not about me. That's the hardest part. You if you're impatient, you truly can cost somebody else something. That's that's you can find it in the Bible. You can find it. You sin, it affects the people around you. You don't know who it's going to affect. We don't think much about it. You know, you can go into a grocery store and, and get mad or upset or say certain things, and you don't know who hears you around there. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be somebody in the church. It could be anybody. And what you say and what you did with that sin is going to affect those around you. There's no way around it. And that's what happens. You know, Jacob has to go in hiding and, and all that because, oh, Esau was mad. He was going to kill him. You know, and that's where Esau doesn't take accountability. Because he says, oh, he stole my birthright, and then he stole my blessing. No, no. You sold your birthright. Yes, he did steal your blessing, but you sold your birthright. That was your choice. But Jacob, he was the indoor type. You know? I don't, you know, obviously he probably learned cooking from his mom, you know, became good at it. And there's, and there's nothing wrong with that. God makes us who we are for a reason. 
He doesn't want to get rid of our personalities. He wants to get rid of our sin. He wants to use our personalities to reach other people. He wants us to realize that he made us, he saved us. Now go. Go use how you want it. Go out. Find some brides. Find some people. Bring it in. Bring them into the family. And uh, the thing, <laughs> she's like running <laughs> Uh, well, but that's the thing. I mean, you have all these different things. There's people who say that, you know, oh, well, a man that cooks is, you know, well, it's a little feminine. You know, I I've heard things like that. There's, you know, I like to cook. Personally, I'm not allowed to. <laughs> but I, 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 I do like to cook. I, I make a mess is what happens. You know, you know, and uh, I remember, you know, I remember making. I used to make barbecue sauce all the time, and you know, and be all over. You know, that's what she. You know, she used. To, I think she said that once to me too. You would, you would have had more barbecue sauce if it wasn't all over the stove. You know, but you know, but I also like to be outdoors. I mean, there's a thing. But there's two contrasting of what they want to do and where they want to go. And the question is, is when you want to go outside, do you want to be outside because you like to enjoy what God made and, and did, or do you just like to be part of the world? I mean, that's, those are questions we got to ask. Because when we go out there, we're going to affect each other. We're going to affect everybody out there. And that's what God in, wants from us. He intends us to affect people's lives and to come into contact with them. Just in his way, not in a worldly way. Not in a way where we're going to cause problems and damage to other people. And But we need, you know. And like I said, that probably had a lot to do with it. You know, uh, she, she taught him how to cook and spent a lot of time in the house. Uh, probably helped out. You know, right? Right, guys? Isn't that, isn't that what our, our uh, wife's like? You know, when we help out and do stuff and, you know, I don't do it often. I should do it more often. But, I mean, they, they like it, right? But then we kind of, then we kind of, you know, we kind of get prideful. And we, you know, kind of, you know, kind of like what Esau did. You know, we kind of get prideful with that stuff. You know, hey, look, I do it all the time. Well, you didn't notice. Look what I did. Look, look. I don't know why that's instilled in us. I don't know why we do that, but we do. And it's uh, sometimes it's amusing. Sometimes it's not. But but we should. You know, is that the only time that Esau helped out Isaac? It was when he wanted to eat. Or did he do more? We don't really know. But we do know that this is why God didn't, you know, God said, I hated Esau. He, he gave that birth right away. 
He sold it. For, for soup. And then when it came down to it, he didn't want to take responsibility. And he says, it wasn't. It, it was, he stole it from me. You know, and again, that's <clears throat> that's where we see it where, you know, maybe that's where he was, uh, Esau was a little prideful. He was out hunting, right? Because it didn't take long for him to get something for, for his father. But this day he came in and he had nothing. God could have put something in front of his way. God could have put something there. He didn't. It's, it's, it's choices, choices. And that's all God wants us to do. He wants us to make the choice for him. He knows we're not going to make the right choice all the time. He just wants us to make the choice for him. To learn about him, to love him, to know him. And that's where, that's, that's where Christianity has gone off the track now. Because everybody's got to be right. Well, you got to obey the law. You got to do this. You got to do that. Everybody's just nitpicking at scriptures because it's it. They they have to do something to feel like they're worth something. I personally rather would just say, hey. I'm not worth anything, but at least I know God thinks I'm worth something. That's a little better for me. That's, I can handle things a little more when I when I think that way than think that I'm just, uh, you know, I got to do something. I have to be this way. I have to do this. You know, Esau gave up everything. He could have. He would have been the leader of the family. That that was included in the birthright. He would have been the leader of the family. He would have been the one responsible answering to God of what did God tell him to do? Where did he tell him to go? And he says, no, I don't want that. I don't care about that. I'll just, I, I'm hungry. Now, when we look at this, he gave up his birthright. But did it, did it mean that he got nothing? No. Right? His father would have gave him something. Left him something of some sorts. But it's what is it? What do you want? How many of us are going there on a, out on a weekly basis? Okay, we came to church Sunday. We, you know, worship did that. Come Sunday night, okay, we did that. And then Monday, Tuesday, off the charts. Oh, we'll come Wednesday night. We'll pray with everybody. Thursday, Friday, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. No worries. How many of us out there selling our birthright? We got a birthright. We got eternal life. What are we doing with that? Are we going to sell it like Esau? Because that's what we—that's what we tend to do. We tend to sell it off like it doesn't matter. 
Well, my desires are this today, Lord. That's, that's what I'm going to do. We don't lose eternal life, but we do lose that inheritance up there. We do lose that reward. Unfortunately, it's different for us because you're still going to have to answer to God. You still need the answer of how you led, how you went. What did you do? And it's not, to, it's not to make you think that you have to do something all the time or you have to, but we should want to. We should at least want to know what our birth rate is. We should want to know where it came from, what's going to happen. We should, we should take interest in that. If you take what God gives you and do it and, and you do it the way God tells you to. You got nothing to worry about. You're going to make mistakes. But he can work with that. He shows him he can work with that. Right? Doesn't God work with that? Like I said, that's, that's mercy. You're talking about somebody that stole a blessing. I mean, God is pretty particular about his blessings. And he stole the blessing. What's he got to do? He's got to wrestle with God later on. He's got to wrestle with the fact that he did something wrong. And he has to come and admit it. Problem is, we're, we're running around wrestling all the time with God and not taking accountability. We're throwing out, well, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Well, that's... But is that what you're doing? Are you confessing it because... <laughs> because you truly know you were wrong? You truly know... what it cost? And there's, there's another mercy in its own. I mean... Past, present, and future sins. Gone. Once you're saved, gone. Gone. But it's that it's that birthright. We have that birthright. Born again. Born into his family. His inheritance. And that's why we need to really be careful. Because, yeah, we get eternal life, but you sell that birthright enough, you squander that, he's going to put you on a shelf. He doesn't need to use you. He wants to use you. I mean, you can find it all through the Bible. He uses whoever he wants. He uses Nebuchadnezzar. He wasn't a saved man. He used him. Right? He'll use who he wants. But it's 
what are we willing to do? Are we willing to take responsibility for that birthright? Are we going to despise the birthright? Do we despise that we have eternal life? Do we despise that we have a God, a Savior? It's always good. It's always right. That always shows mercy. That always shows kindness. That when we need to go a certain way, he'll, he'll pull on the reins. He'll push us that way. But yet he still gives us that choice. Do we want to serve him? Do we want? And this is where the nation came from. Where are these, these two children? And the one sold it to the other. And once Jacob starts getting that relationship with God, he starts to understand. And he starts to understand the responsibility of the birthright. And the thing is, in the end, he knew he was wrong, and he took accountability for that. He was willing to give his brother everything he had to make it right. But the one thing he wasn't going to give him was the birthright back. Why? Because that's what God had intended for him all along. But he didn't want to wait for it. We don't want to wait for it. We want to do what we want to do when we want to do, and it costs us. And the question is, are we going to... You know... It, we talked about marriage. It goes beyond that. Are we going to take our relationship with the Lord that serious? Are we going to go out? Are we going to try to bring people in? We don't need to force them. We don't need to beat them down or anything. You know, it's God's word does that. It'll do it itself. But it's how people see things. Right? Some people see the Bible, as I said before, uh, in the Old Testament. Some people see the Bible as God's wrath. God's wrath all through the Old Testament. It's not. It's mercy. It's great mercy. Man, is it great mercy. Because if it wasn't, we wouldn't be here. But as we go through the week, uh, just, uh, you know, just some things to think about. You know, Think about your birthright. Because we have a great one. Think about the things we can get, the rewards, the inheritance. Let's not despise it. Let's enjoy it. Let's rejoice in the Lord and for what he's given us. Father, I just uh, I thank you for the morning, Lord. I thank you for uh, just this Sunday school, Lord, to be able to uh, just to preach your word, to get in your, in your Bible, Lord. It's a great honor, Lord. And now... Uh, just pray that it works in our hearts and minds. Pray that you be with Pastor this morning as he gives the message. And we're just, uh, again, we give you all the praise, the honor, and glory, Lord. And we pray that you come back soon to get us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.